Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. Uh, hopefully the audio in this episode will come through pretty clear. Uh, it's, it's raining pitchforks and hammer handles out there, and I can hear it across the entire car. I, I can hear it on the roof of the car, uh, in addition to it hitting the windshields and everything else. So uh, I'm having a hard time hearing myself. I put the speaker as close to my mouth as I can, so hopefully you'll be able to hear me. If not, send me an email or a comment on, on Gab or, or, or do something on Telegram. You know, just relate back to me. I, I generally try to uh, keep an eye on all the platforms, so uh, or comment on the um, on where we're syndicated over at Exodus Americanus. And hopefully this will all come through. Uh, I don't have any special intentions in the inbox today, but we do have another intention from our prayer group, uh, and it is from one of our regular listeners, actually. Uh, we got uh, um, our friend Cast Iron uh, is having some trouble sleeping, and I want to help uh, pray uh, for him because the we were just talking about the health of the spirit yesterday, and the health of the body is equally important, It's uh, and, and getting good sleep is incredibly important to that. The devil occupies our has access to our imaginations and plays games with it and one of the things that he does do is try to deprive us of the rest that we need uh, a period of rest activity and prayer is essential to the functioning of the whole mind body spirit uh, complex I guess I'll call it uh, the monastics in the uh, in medieval Europe used to split their day into eights You'd have eight hours of prayer, not all not all at once, but spread out throughout the day. Eight hours of prayer, eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep. That was the ideal uh, division of your day in order to tend to all of your needs. So it's something that we can draw inspiration from when we're tending to our own lives. Do we split our day evenly among prayer, work, and sleep? You know, the play doesn't work in there. You know, it's, it's a matter of performing our responsibilities, which can be enjoyable. I'm fulfilling my responsibility. I'm going on and on, and we haven't even prayed yet. We can talk about this uh, when we get into what comes after our prayer. For now, I want to go ahead and turn and pray for Cast Iron. He is a, a loyal listener, and I know what it's like to suffer from insomnia. Uh, so I want to help him out with that. Now, if you have a special intention, and some of you may be thinking, oh, praying for somebody with insomnia, that seems kind of silly. It doesn't matter how small or apparently petty, and I say apparently because no, none of these needs are really petty. However apparently petty your prayer request is, you know, right down to finding a child's toy and go to St. Anthony, things like that. Write into us. Let us lend our prayers to you. Send your uh, prayer requests in to daily decade requests at protonmail.com. That's decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural at protonmail.com. And give us the opportunity to pray for you. I welcome all the intentions that we get. And now I've got a couple of people that write in. Actually, I've got regular prayer intentions now, people that come back to me. I've got three that I can count off the top of my head that have emailed us multiple times uh, for prayer intentions. And some people that are one-off, but... You know, I have uh, quite a few people that come back, and I know that there's more than just three people listening to this. So, if, and I know that all of you have needs. Please let me pray for you. Yeah, we preserve your anonymity and everything. You don't have to worry about it. All you get, you get something out of the deal. I get something out of the deal. Everybody's happy, and God gets praise and glory. 
Now, for now, uh, I want to pray for cast iron. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get our rosaries out and turn our hearts and our minds to God. And today is a Tuesday, so we're going to pray in English. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, the world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, weeping and mourning from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, Thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this, our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of Thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us. O Holy Mother of God, 
that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. For forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. To the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O blessed St. Lazarus of Bethany, who was raised from the dead by our Lord before he himself rose, we humbly ask thy intercession on behalf of the servant of God, beset by demons, and deprived of the rest which God himself did take on the seventh day. Intercede for him, O thou who entered the sleep of death and was aroused by our Lord to serve him further upon the earth, because thou were holy enough to be called his friend. By the intervention of our Lord, may this servant of God likewise be called a friend of Christ in all he does. And this we ask in the name of Jesus Christ who rose from the dead, who ascended into heaven and liveth and reigneth with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in our daily labors, from which there seems to be no rest, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm trying to decide whether I should pick up where I left off or start something completely fresh. I suppose it makes sense to complete the thought that I was working on there, which is basically that the devil attacks us in a multitude of different ways. And because he and his, and his fallen angels have access to our imaginations, he will use this to his advantage. He'll press this to his advantage. If we have, this is how addictions come to be. We have various addictions that are really just the devil is exciting an element of the imagination uh, in order to draw us back to self-destructive behavior. And he does the same thing with, with sleep. Insomnia is, sometimes it can be caused for things that are medically diagnosable, but in most cases, it's the devil messing around with our imaginations in order to provoke us to anxiety, worry, or restlessness. And in some cases, to a restlessness that we can't fully identify. This is why you have to be so careful about the things that you consume, the things that you read, the things you see. If you see something even for a split second and you have no conscious memory of it, it is registered in your mind and the devil has access to it. And he can use it against you. That's why the, for the longest time the church has always placed a great deal of emphasis on putting a guard on our eyes so that we don't see or hear anything, even background noise that we don't really register, consciously register anyway, to stay away from anything that uh, 
that could provoke sin. It's not a matter of puritanical avoidance, of puritanical abstinence from things which uh, just seem bad. Rather, the reason why we're told to avoid uh, dirty pictures or bad music or in the Roman times, the games, you know, the reason why we're told to avoid those, you could go to the games and close your eyes and not see anything that was happening, but the movement of the crowd, the bloodthirstiness of the crowd, awakened in people very unpleasant things. Uh, St. Augustine talks about this in his Confessions. He had a dear friend who was dedicated to never going to the games. He's not going to go to the games. He doesn't want to see the gladiatorial combat or any of that. And he stood there, eyes, eyes tightly shut, as the crowds roared around him. And in one case, uh, the, the crowd roared with such uh, upheaval uh, that he, he blinked open his eyes for a, just a second. You know, you know how this happens. You're trying to keep your eyes closed. It, it inevitably, if you're trying to keep your eyes open and you're tired, your eyes will start to close independently of you. You're trying to keep your eyes tightly shut. Inevitably, to rest your eyelids, they'll try to open up. And this is what happened to him. Opened up, saw what was going on, and he was immediately drawn in just drunk on the scene in front of him because he did not have the fortitude to resist at the level that he thought that he did. Now he repented, came back to the church, but in that moment, his moment of weakness, he was provoked not by what he was seeing, but by what he was hearing. And that drew him into the deeper sin. And this happens to us all the time with everything that we do. We have something that seems harmless and it draws us right in. Because we don't have the experience. Man, we, we can't. The average human lifespan is what, 72? I don't know, it dropped again this year. All of this miracle technology, the wonders of science and modern progress, and our life expectancy is dropping back again. What that means is that God is giving us less time to get our acts together. That's what that means. But life expectancy of an average human being is between 70 and 75 years. In some places, less than that, right? The devil has been doing what he's been doing for over 7,000 years. I don't care how you measure the age of the earth and creation and all that stuff. We can at least say 7,000 is a good cutoff. I think the Byzantines would say it's the year 75, 20 something or other. It's, it's, we've been, the earth has been around for 7,500 years by traditional patristic reckoning. Um, some Protestants say 6,000 years. I don't know why they're so hung up on 6,000 years. The earth, the earth has been 6,000 years old for them for the last thousand years. But uh, anyway, we have, uh, however long it's been, the devil has had that much, that's, let's see, the average human lifespan is 70 years devil's been around for 7,000. I mean, you do the math on that. That's how much more experience he has figuring us out, and we haven't changed that much as a species. That's how much more time he has figuring us out than we have figuring ourselves out. That's why the church has always told people, just stay away from this stuff. Don't tempt fate, so to speak. Don't put yourself in danger, because you will never be a match for the fallen spirits. None of us can ever stand up to that. Not without Christ. Now, if we have Christ, we don't want to go near all that stuff anyway. 
And so it's what we fill our minds with, whether by reading or by watching or by listening, uh, you know, taste and touch too. You know, the, the, when you really think about it, this fat, since we're, we're talking about spiritual and physical health, fast food is the equivalent of, it's gastronomic pornography. Really, I mean, it, what it does is it, what I mean when I say that is it provokes such a, it's designed in order to provoke a reaction on, in the body that creates a, an addiction, a constant return to it. it. It provokes the body to remember it in such a way that one remembers only the experience of consuming it and not the after effects. I don't know about all of you, but I know that whenever I eat at a fast food joint or anything like that, um, whenever I eat in any of those places, you know, one of the things that I experience is uh, I just feel greasy and sluggish for the rest of the day after I eat that food. Now, when I'm eating it, there's nothing that I enjoy more than a Big Mac. I absolutely love the, 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 the flavor of it, the taste of it, texture, all of it. it. It tastes good in the moment, but it takes less than 10, 15 minutes for it to just turn and just ruin my day. But your body doesn't remember. You don't remember all of that. When you drive by the Mickey D's, it's not, you don't remember that anymore. What you remember is the taste of that burger. And it's the same thing with men who have, who struggle with pornography. You have exactly the same experience where all you remember is the immediate experience. You don't remember the aftermath, the, the all, all that comes after that, the, all the, the the change the emotional changes the spiritual changes and don't think that it's purely emotion it's not just emotion it's there's other things playing at, at hand there all of that is meant to provoke us into addictive patterns of behavior and patterns of behavior can be molded the devil knows that and he does it on purpose and so for your bodily health as well as your spiritual health, you should avoid things that provoke your body to unhealth. You know, we talk, we talk about, in the Catholic Church, we talk about near occasions of sin. Burger King and Wendy's and even Chick-fil-A are all near occasions of sin. When you really think about it. Now, I don't mean to say, well, if you eat at those places, you're a sinner and, and damn you, uh, and, and you'll be damned. I, I, that's not what I'm what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is that because of the way these things are designed to provoke certain behavioral responses, they open us up to diabolical attack. If you eat at a McDonald's once, twice, three times, and it actually has that effect on your mind, you have now created a pattern of behavior that is actively damaging to your health. If you cannot resist the temptation to stop at that place, you will destroy your physical health. And it, it's much more than just the calories. There's the, it's the chemicals, the quality of food that you're taking. And I know some guys, some guys when they need to bulk, they'll go and they'll just get like six quarter pounder, double quarter pounders, no bun, and they'll just, they'll eat that throughout the day. There's a lot more than just the food that's present there. 
You know, it's it, the reason why it's called dirty eating. The reason why it's called dirty bulking is because it is kind of cheating the system in a way. And there are consequences for that. There's consequences, just as much as there's consequences for sticking a needle in your arm in order to get bigger, there's consequences for the way that, the, the way that you dirty bulk as well when you're working out. So how we deal with the things that we bring in, whether it's through our mouth, I've been talking about food, but this works for the eyes and the ears as well. You know, what you see, what you read, what you listen to, all of these things can have a negative effect on your psychology. All of these things can sort of root into your brain, settle in there, and it may just sit there for years before the devil brings them out and starts to attack you with them. Because he is going to use absolutely everything that he can to get at you. And so it's very, very important to constantly stay on your guard, be ever vigilant. You know, this is what Christ says when he talks about the... Um, when he talks about the... Uh, the virgins who, uh, who get extra oil for the coming of the bridegroom, what does that mean? Well, that means they're watchful. It means that they're keeping their eyes out for what's coming. They're aware of themselves. And those that are not, well, they're caught off guard. When the bridegroom comes, they don't have the oil. And the other virgins can't lend them any. They have enough for themselves. They don't have enough for everybody else. So you can't, def you can't depend on people around you being prudent. You have to depend on your own prudence. And most of your problems, if you are a prudent person, if you abide by reasonable cautions, well, then, in all likelihood, you'll find yourself in a state of pretty good physical and spiritual health. Now, people often think about these saints as being these emaciated wrecks, and that's not at all what the reality was most saints even that that famous prayer saint ignatius where he talks about let me fight and not count the cost uh, that's completely inaccurate to the jesuit the original society of jesus and the way that they did things they were deeply deeply concerned with their physical health and well-being he recommended a certain amount of sleep every day a certain I mean, he didn't he didn't get down to the mathematics of caloric intake and all of that but he he was doing the equivalent of that for the 16th century these men took care of their bodies and the same thing is true of st francis even though he lived on other people's generosity you can be sure that st francis was not this you know hobbled bent over mess struggling from place to place he was a healthy man well, the same thing goes for all of the ascetics. These are, these are generally healthy men because they take care of themselves even in denying themselves. They are nevertheless taking care of their physical well-being. Most of the ascetics who don't take care of themselves, who end up looking like those uh, Buddhist mummies in the mountains in Tibet, they're heretics. Pelagius was one of those. Pelagius is famous for his asceticism because his asceticism was so extreme. The idea being that you could gain grace yourself. You didn't need God to give you the grace. You could actually get it yourself through extreme asceticism. The Manichees did the same thing. Those kinds of asceticism, those kinds of self-destructive, self-annihilating asceticism, that sort of thing really is unique to heretics and non-Christians. Because, just like we said yesterday with the Gnostics, they see a separation of the body and the soul. They don't see them as a unified whole that God has given us to care for and to return to Him. 
Now we are, we are each of us. I, I, I don't mean to launch into the priesthood of all believers here, uh, because you know that's that's gone off the rails in a couple of places. But we are all, in our own way, shepherds of our souls. We are given by God the task of caring for ourselves and also looking to those for help who can care for us. Our shepherds are given to us to care for us just as we are given to care for ourselves and those in our charge. So God has given us a task and when you hire a shepherd to care for your flock, well, if you hire a good shepherd, that flock will come back to you and they will have, uh, they will have lambed uh, thoroughly. You will have a, a very small number of, of uh, failed lambings. You'll have, so your flock will have grown and will continue to be healthy because the shepherd knows how to take care of those sheep. And the same thing is true. That that's, that's the parable of the talents. You multiply the talents. If you care for the things that you are entrusted with, those things will improve in quality and they will also increase God has given us a soul and a body to care for. You know, Plato, I think it was Plato, uh, who wrote about how sad a thing it was that a man should go his entire life and not see his body ever reach its physical zenith, the height of its ability, because he would never have experienced the fullness of the form that he occupies, the form of man. The form of man to the Greeks was perfected in physical fitness and also spiritual fitness. Plato was sound mind, sound body. That was that's a Greek thing. Now, th this is in essence no different than the Christian teaching on the talents. God has given us these things from a form that exists in His mind, after His image and likeness. That's what it says in the, in the Scripture. And it is up to us to perfect this thing. With his help, obviously you're going back to God again and again because God alone can perfect us. Our, our commitment to him and to following his commandments and his laws, all of that. But nevertheless, the goal is our own perfection, physical, spiritual, mental, all of it. To return to God what he has given us as close to what we can achieve to perfection as possible. And so, if we care for one thing, this is kind of building off of yesterday, we care for one thing, we care for all of it. And it takes a certain amount of humility to recognize where we get the strength to do that, where we get the motivation to do that. And my prayer today is for precisely that motivation. It, it, you know, it, God grants us clarity and grace, but my prayer today is that all of us will be granted the gift of sufficient motivation to drag ourselves out of whatever mire we, we find ourselves in. For all sinfulness is a mire. Let us have the motivation to drag ourselves or be dragged out of that, that we might go forward and multiply our talents and increase the flock of the Lord and return it to him so that he looks upon us and says, Thou good and faithful servant. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.